you do need to take that, but it's important to be strategic about it, right? You need to actually sit down and think about how much debt your business can actually pay back. This was recorded as a CEO learning circle in January 2021 in partnership with RBC. We talked about how to grow your sales as an entrepreneur by integrating cash flow tools to predict what you need and how you can grow your business to the next level. This podcast is featuring Hannah Cree, founder of Common Good and CEO Venture in Residence, alongside RBC expert Huria Bernie. Welcome to CEO.world. If cash flow is confusing to you, you're not alone uh, throughout my career. I've worked with a lot of entrepreneurs and it uh, definitely tends to be something that confounds them. You know, you're working on big ideas and world changing technologies. And uh, this is something that uh, hopefully, you know, myself and some of our other advisors on the line can help demystify for you. Yes, that's amazing. We also have a few other RBC people on the line and we are going to, here's how it's going to go. We are going to have a chat. I'm going to share my entrepreneur experience. I'm going to get all the great tools and tips from here about how we do, what's a balance sheet and don't use any jargon. Tell me how I can really use cash flow to grow my sales. And so we're going to get into that. Uh, then we're going to have plenty of time for Q&A. So please use the chat. You can also come off uh, of mute to ask the questions to us after we kind of go through uh, what is cash flow. We know during COVID, and I know this for myself, is that the only thing that got me through COVID and is continuing to get through is asking and giving. And for a lot of it, it's been such a reverse for me because I've had to ask and ask and ask uh, through COVID to help out my business. And that's been through the CEO network. Everyone has been able to come alongside and do what we need to do. I want to jump right into all of the cash flow pieces. And I want to see everyone's lovely faces on the screen. This is my favorite part. Here's a little bit about my story. As I mentioned, that I, if you've just joined us, my name is Hannah Cree and I'm the founder of Common Good. And I want to rewind for a minute to COVID, which was March 15th for me, it was my birthday. And that's kind of when in Canada, it all came to a head. And my uh, venture employs people that are facing incredible trauma caused by poverty and homelessness. And we did that through a laundry ser service. So we serviced all of the restaurants and with all of the linens that they need. And it was amazing. And we were doing these pieces and then COVID hit. And within the first 48 hours, we lost 75% of our business. And by the end of the week, pretty much it was all gone. And as you can imagine, I was literally on the floor bawling and crying and CEO called a call with all of the ventures. And we got on this call and all of us were crying and sharing what was happening with different things. And we were resourcing each other, this ask and give format and B who I can see on my screen right now stepped up and gifted my venture with what we needed for the month to ensure my employees were okay. Uh, we, I take, I, I will say we had to take a rest through COVID as we figured out different pieces. And right now we're just like so many months later are just about to test a, a few different models in, in the, in the industry. Again, we're going to get out of pivot a little away from restaurants and go into some other areas, but it wouldn't have happened without being able to ask and for other people to give. And it also wouldn't have happened without cash flow. <laughs> And in the end, that is really what, what we needed to look at. And in my first year as a venture, that is all I looked at. The why it got through on my first year of my venture is that every week we would run our cash flow. We would know what was coming in 
and what was going out. And I was able to say, we have X amount going out. That means we need four new restaurants this week and able to get through to the end of the month. And we knew how many sales we needed to build every week because we were looking at our cash flow. Now, why did I do that? Because my first business failed so badly because I never looked at my cash flow ever. I was just like, I'm an entrepreneur. Let me be creative. Let me do whatever. Didn't do any of that. And so this next business, I knew that was actually one of my biggest weak spots. And you know what? It's the weak spot for many, many entrepreneurs. I've also built an accelerator. I've been working in the startup community for a lot of years. This is the biggest pain point. So I'm so happy to have all of the RBC people and our ventures and our entrepreneurs here so we can go through it. So Huria, can you just tell me, no jargon, talk to me as an entrepreneur, what is cash flow? Like what is like, just the simple explanation for it. Thanks, Hannah. And I think you kind of hit the nail on the head in your introduction there. So cash flow essentially stripping away all jargon is just money that is flowing in and out of your business. So cash is coming in from your customers when they pay you for your products and services and cash is going out when you pay your suppliers or your employees, you pay your other expenses, your bills. And cash flow essentially represents this flow of money going in versus going out of your business. It's amazing. And why is it such an important tool for entrepreneurs to use and, and how should we be using it? So I would say, Hannah, and I think you spoke to this as well. If you don't have cash flow, eventually you're not going to have a business, right? It is the deciding factor on whether your business survives or not. So there has to be at least as much cash going coming into your business as it is going out. Otherwise, you're going to run out of money. And that's at its essence, the reason why it's so important to monitor it. You need to be able to collect cash from your customers. You need to be able to make enough sales that you can cover the expenses um, that you are incurring as a result of um, having your business. Uh, if you don't have enough cash, you'll either have to borrow money, which again, increases your expenses, given that you also have to pay interest on it, or you need to inject your own personal funds into the business, which is not a sustainable strategy in the long term. So ultimately, for any business to survive and thrive long term, you need to make money, you need to generate cash. And, uh, you know, I find that cash flow monitoring and cash flow management is a great way to manage to that. Mm, yeah. Is there a way of being able to say, like, what are some early signs of cash flow problems? in a business? Oh, we see all kinds. So, uh, you know, certainly in our world. So there can be many, many signs, you know, I think a pretty good indicator that we actually see a lot uh, when we're dealing with business customers is declining cash balances in their bank accounts. Um, so, you know, if you, if your overall cash balances seem to be declining week over week, you don't seem to have enough left at the end of the week or month. It's a pretty good early warning sign that there's possibly a problem. Um, you know, if you're unable to pay your suppliers on time, if you're needing to negotiate longer terms, or on the flip side, if you're finding that your customers are taking longer to pay you, you know, at some point you might run into trouble. Um, it's also we sometimes see businesses growing too fast. So if you're trying to grow your revenue, maybe you, you know, you're putting out different discounts, or maybe you're discounting by too much, you might run into trouble if you haven't exactly calculated how these discounts are going to impact your cash flow. Um, it could also be, you know, your sales might be going down. Obviously, a lot of businesses, and Hannah, you, you mentioned uh, your story, um, obviously, with the COVID crisis we had, you know, sales going down was something that was uh, happening for a lot of businesses, and it was very uh, abrupt. But even if you start to see a bit of a declining trend over time, 
um, it could be an early warning sign that you might run into problems because you can reduce your expenses if your sales are going down. You can reduce, um, you know, your but but there's some fixed costs you're going to have, right? Your may, might be the rentals uh, rent on your premises or the lease payments on equipment you've bought. You know, your debt, your employees, your salaries. Those costs need to be covered. So if your sales are declining over time, you might find at some point you you run into trouble. Um, another thing we see is that when businesses are building up balances on credit cards, um, this is a big sign of problems. Interest on credit card debt is quite high. Um, it's, uh, it's a pretty expensive form of borrowing. And, um, you know, we always advise our clients to pay credit cards off in full every month. Uh, so sometimes we find if uh, the credit card balances are going up, we know the business is eventually going to end up in trouble. Um, also taking on too much debt in general. A lot of entrepreneurs we deal with, um, you know, they want to grow fast and that's kind of, you have a vision and you want to grow your business and you want to scale your business. But sometimes we, we find that entrepreneurs can grow too fast. Um, you know, sometimes they might be taking on too much debt and uh, you forget that you do have to pay interest uh, on an ongoing basis on this debt. So uh, sometimes if you find that businesses become overstretched by taking on too much lending, it is a bit of an early warning sign that they might run into trouble down the line. And, uh, there, you know, I will say... Uh, oh, sorry. sorry you said debt. And I was like, can we d jump in there a little bit? Because there's a lot of entrepreneurs, and I, I've even depending on how you're raised and how you feel about money and how you feel about debt, there is good debt and bad debt though, right? Like we're not saying don't take debt. Yes. Absolutely. You know, you need debt to grow your business because your growth is going to be curtailed if you're, it's like buying a house, right? I mean, you know, I'm sure most of you that, that own your home have a mortgage, right? Like, I mean, you could save enough to, to buy a house with all cash, but most of us, for most of us, it, it's never going to happen if we don't go to the bank and get a mortgage, right? So, you know, I've got a mortgage and uh, there's no way that I could have saved enough money to pay for my house in cash. I mean, unless you have an inheritance coming or something. So you need debt to be able to build your business. And over time, you know, the intent with debt is that obviously you paid back over time. And then that's the equity, that's that's the value that you've built in your business. So you do need to take debt, but it's important to be strategic about it, right? Like, I mean, it's you need to actually sit down and think about how much debt your business can actually pay back. Because I find a lot of entrepreneurs, they have this mindset, well, you know, I'll just borrow the money. And they don't necessarily think about the repayment. If you're borrowing like a million dollars, at some point, you're going to have to pay it back. So it's important to understand what those repayment terms look like. It's important to understand the interest that you're paying on it and what does that monthly payment look like and then kind of compare that to the revenue and sales that you have coming in. Um, where entrepreneurs run into trouble is if they just borrow too much or if they have a really kind of ambitious idea around sort of, you know, how they'll be able to grow their business in the future to repay that debt. But um, sometimes, you know, you just need to be more strategic about it. And, uh, you know, I, credit card fees is something that I mentioned, um, which I will reinforce because credit cards are a terrible way to borrow money, right? So the, the interest rate is, is very high. Um, sometimes we have seen entrepreneurs buying equipment or inventory on credit cards. And then, of course, something like COVID happens. And now you've got a, a big balance on your credit card that you can't pay back. In the interim, you're incurring like 15, 20% interest on that on a monthly basis. So not a very smart way to borrow. So I always say, you know, credit cards are good for expenses, earning points, but don't ever run balances on your credit card. 
The other thing is, you know, you have to think about matching the, like if you're buying a long-term asset, like, you know, piece of equipment or like furniture or something like that, that's a long-term asset that you're going to use over many, many years. So it's important not to use short-term cash to buy a long-term asset. And in the simplest ways, if you have an operating line or a credit line for your business, your bank expects that that credit line is revolving, which basically means you're borrowing, you know, when you, you have to pay your suppliers and then you're repaying when the money comes in from your, from your buyers. Um, if you buy a long-term asset, like a piece of furniture, really you should be financing it over a long period of time so the payments are manageable. Like if you spent $100,000 and you spent it on your operating line, chances are your bank is going to come to you and say, well, we want that repaid by the end of the year. Um, so you need to make sure that you're kind of um, using the right product. And, and it's always a good idea to talk to your advisors, right? Nobody expects you to be an expert at any of these things. Um, I always say, talk to your advisor, talk to your banker, um, talk to your accountant, and they can certainly help, uh, you know, give you advice on what kinds of debt are um, more appropriate for you. And the last thing I will say, it's always good to have, you know, do a bit of sensitivity analysis on debt, right? Like right now, I think all of us are aware that interest rates are very, very low. So you can get very, very cheap money uh, when you go out into the market. But again, if you're borrowing money over a five-year, 10-year period, you need to keep in mind that rates are probably going to go up. So when you're thinking about it, you know, you need to take that into account as well. Yeah, those are all really, really good points. Now, I could... I, this is a great one. Thank you, Karen. That was exactly what I was going for. For my next question was, I could talk about all my bad, bad cash flow habits. I have all of them. And me, uh, one of them actually was, I knew that was actually a weakness for me. So the first thing I did in my, in common good was we hired someone to deal with the accounting and those pieces, because I knew that was a weak spot, but here's the issue. That's also not my superpower. So I didn't hire very well because I didn't know what to look for. And so what, uh, one of the questions that um, my mentor said is, first of all, bring in someone with finance to help you do the hiring. But the next question was to ask the person like who was going to help you with accounting was how, you know, what are some good cash flow habits? Like what are some really good cash flow habits that we should have? I mentioned once a week and literally that was pulling teeth for us to sit down. But once I saw actually that it was a great goal tool, like we used it as goal setting. It's like we knew we needed to get five more sales in and then we celebrated that. Like cash flow started to turn around when I used it more as a tool and goal setting. And so what are some good, healthy cash flow tips that us entrepreneurs need to have? So Hannah, I would say the most important one, and you said this, is just monitoring your cash flow regularly. Like this is extremely important and you'd be shocked at how many entrepreneurs are not um, even monitoring their bank accounts regularly. So I would say that is the most important piece because you need to know what's coming in and what's going out, right? You need to know because before you know it, you might run into trouble. So that's, I think that is the best um, tip that I can give you. I think the second thing I would say is cash flow forecasting. So actually thinking and planning ahead for the next one year, three year and five years. And a lot of you on the line might say, well, you know, nobody could have forecasted the, the COVID crisis, which is absolutely correct. 
But having said that, you know, having a bit of a plan in terms of um, what may or may not happen in a likely scenario, you know, what happens if your sales is 20% lower than you expected? What if it's 30% lower? Are you going to have enough cash to pay your employees and keep up with your expenses? And the idea behind it is really, you know, it, it, it can help you make sure you plan for different contingencies, right? So if you know that there's something that might go wrong, then you know that this is a contingency I need to plan for. Like if my sales are 30% lower than expected, what am I going to do? So you can plan ahead of time and it's a great tool for that. So um, again, using the best amount of information that you have on hand at that time, knowing that things could happen, but uh, having a plan, I think is, is a big tip. And it also gives confidence to any lenders you may have, right? Whether it's your bank or others, like if you're actually uh, somebody who is forecasting your cash flow, your lender is going to have more confidence in your ability to manage a business. Um, I would also say you can think about, you know, if you, if you're, um, uh, seriously thinking about your cash flow, think about the different line items and think about negotiating reasonable terms, right? So, um, you know, don't just think, if you're thinking about growing your business, think about what kind of credit terms do I need to give to my, um, you know, to my uh, customers? What kind of credit terms do I need to negotiate with my suppliers? You know, going to digital payments uh, is actually a great idea because it can help you collect money faster than if you ask your customer to issue you a check. Similarly, with suppliers, going on digital payment term means that you only need to have cash on hand in your account at the time that you're making the payment, not at the time that you issued the check until the time they cash it. So think about how you can negotiate terms with your buyers and suppliers, because um, you know, those terms can really determine what your cash flow looks like at the end of the month. Um, also being strategic in how you manage inventory. A lot of businesses, they overbuy inventory um, and then they spend too much. So that's another thing to think about, like you want to have enough to fulfill the demand, but not so much that it's tying up your cash flow. Um, I would also say analyze every expense carefully. Uh, even small expenses can become big ones over time and also prioritizing your expenses. So, you know, you need to think about what are the essential expenses. I need to pay my employees first. I need to pay my rent first before I can buy that fancy office furniture. So it's important when you're planning out your expenses to make sure you're prioritizing in terms of what's important and what's nice to have. Um, and similarly, you know, again, having a budget, right? If you're doing an expansion or if you're buying something, having a budget in mind. Uh, another thing I've seen a lot of times in my career with, uh, you know, entrepreneurs getting excited and spending too much on a, an expansion project and then regretting it later because they've taken on too much debt or maybe they've tied up too much of their cash flow. Um, so, uh, and the final thing I would say is, you know, just having that contingency fund, right? As I talked about early, uh, earlier with cash flow, make sure you have, just like we all have a rainy day fund personally, it's also important for your business to have some kind of rainy day fund um, that you can draw on just in case of emergency. And you can build up that fund over time. We have lots of businesses that have a savings account and, you know, every month they throw some cash in there. And uh, of course it compounds over time. And the whole idea is that just in case something happens, uh, you know, like what happened last year, really. So uh, we found that a lot of businesses that had that contingency fund last year, um, you know, they were able to pivot and they were able to survive and keep things running and uh, until the government programs even became available. So really, really important to have that contingency fund. This is this is really fa this is an interesting conversation. I have a couple private messengers from from entrepreneurs because we all live the entrepreneur life and. And what's been interesting during COVID is there's been huge, big million dollar companies that did not have contingency savings that yeah. are going under. 
right? And now we're looking at women at CEO who build businesses that are already up against a whole bunch of barriers. We already know that they don't get a lot of funding. And like, there's a lot of financial barriers for women to begin with. And so like in the entrepreneur life um, pieces is like, what if you already have high interest rates on your car credit card and you have been using that way and you do have debt and like, how do we actually even get out of that kind of situation? There's so many small businesses that are a lot of them run by women where there's been a whole bunch of barriers to begin with and the credit score, like, is there a way to rebuild that? Or how do we, how do we get out of COVID? Cause there's also been some really hard things that have happened even with my business. Now I'll, I'll say personally, I have asked for a lot of, you know, COVID is like everyone's in this together. So like reduced rates, hold on payments, like, ask, ask, ask has been the number one lesson for me and then figure out what that is. But uh, how do you, if you're deep in debt and this is where you are because you were in growth and COVID hits, um, is there, how do we move out of that too? Is it working with the bank? Like, do you have suggestions on how we look at that? It's a great point, uh, Hannah. And it's a very tough situation with COVID. And we've definitely had those conversations with a lot of our clients. Um, it's tough, right? And, you know, businesses that were maybe um, maybe not leveraging some of the, the good cash flow management tips before COVID certainly found themselves in an even worse situation once COVID hit. Uh, I think talking to your bank is a great first step. Um, you know, the, the point, uh, like the, the point we all need to remember is that obviously this is a crisis that everyone understands, right? So it's not a situation where the business has run into trouble because of mismanagement. It's a crisis that everybody knows is happening. You know, I would say fully maximize every government resource that is possibly available to you. Um, there's a lot of resources online through the Government of Canada website that you can leverage. There's other associations and organizations that are, that are um, you know, that have different programs you can tap into, you know, lean on your bank. Like there's a lot of clients for which we have restructured debt. Um, as a result of COVID, you know, we offered interest only extensions on their debt, you know, reducing the interest on credit cards. So there was a lot of different things that we did. Um, if you have a lot of credit card debt, sometimes what your bank can do is convert it into a term loan at a lower rate that you can pay back over a period of time. Um, again, it entirely depends on your situation, but sometimes that could be a possibility. Um, so I would say, you know, again, it comes down to that asking for help piece, right? And uh, continuing to, because I think if you're in that sort of situation, then you really need to see, okay, how can I sort of reduce the, the cost of borrowing that I have right now? And then secondly, how can I plan better for the future? And how can I really think about, you know, going forward? Um, is there anything that I'm going to do differently, right? And again, I think leaning into whatever advisory resources and government funding and other sources of funding, um, I would say is the most important. Yeah, and I, I, my biggest lesson from my first business that failed was that when it failed, there was so much shame and so many things that were attached for it for me that I was kind of hiding and running and not talking to people. And, and one of the lessons that I really got, especially with the bank was, if you come to them, well, you can kind of see that your cash flow is not doing well. You can see that something's coming up because you're running the projections and you come to them and say, here's what it is, but here's what I'm going to do. Like maybe there's a pivot or a this or a big contract is coming in. But if we talk to them before it all goes wrong, there's usually some movement and help or relief that can happen. But if you've missed four payments, they're not helping you. Um, you know, there, there is a point at which, so that asking before and looking at your cash flows. So 
using using your cash flow like there's a really good one that i missed up here with joanne joanne says is there a watch out percentage or a point of good debt to revenue or projected revenue right like we say there's good debt bad but debt but like is there a percentage we should be looking in our cash flow that we're like oh there's too much debt here it's a great question and you know it's hard to say i would say it entirely depends upon your industry right so i think if you have a business that's capital intensive for example you need to hold you know higher levels of equipment uh, equipment and machinery and things like that your debt loads are going to be higher because you need to finance that equipment right if your business involves you know owning real estate your debt loads are going to be higher um, so, you know, certainly it's hard to say in terms of a percentage of revenue, but, um, you know, we like to think in the banking world, we like to think about, uh, you know, debt in the context of uh, debt versus equity or debt versus the assets that you, that your business has, right? So if you're a retail business with inventory, you might have a higher operating line. If you're a service-oriented business um, that doesn't have a lot of assets, then your debt should be low. So the way to think about it is like, what is the investment and in finance that your business needs, right? Like if you're a printing press, you need money to buy equipment, but you've got that equipment that is kind of security against that debt. Um, so that's a better way to think about it. Um, you know, I think if we think about debt versus equity, you know, we look at those type of ratios. Again, it's very hard to throw out a number specifically because it totally depends on the industry that you're in. Um, so I would say, think about, you know, is it a capital intensive industry? Like, well, what are you using the money for, right? Like, are you using the money to buy equipment or hard assets? Or are you actually using the money to, um, you know, for soft costs, right? So those are important things to, to think about. And I also like to think about, you know, what is the, the debt payment that you're making, right? So um, what is that burden of paying interest and principal on a monthly basis? And how does that compare to the cash that you have coming in and the other expenses that you need to pay, right? So that's a better way to think about it than in percent in relation to your revenue, because you might have some businesses, you know, that um, that are capital intensive that might have debt that's like one or once, one times or more than one times their revenue, um, but it's a capital invested uh, capital intensive business. So it makes sense that they have debt because they also have assets that are security for that debt. If it's a consulting business or something like a service business that really doesn't need a lot of debt, then really all they should have is maybe an operating line, a small operating line and credit cards. So one of the things your bank is always going to ask is, well, what do you need the money for? Right. And um, certainly if you think about good debt, if you're using it to buy long-term assets, long-term equipment, um, you know, by real estate, like those are definitely because there's a security, there's something tangible at the other end that you could potentially sell if you needed to generate money. Yeah, I definitely agree. It really depends service versus that. Like for instance, our old model, we owned a laundry, like the machine was yeah. as big as a warehouse. It was huge. Uh, so our debt was really, really high, but we also had reoccurring rental in, uh, revenue which actually looks great. I love that question from the bank from entrepreneurs. I got to tell you, I swear it's like a triggering question of what are you going to use this mother money for? And you feel like you're talking to your parents, but really what they want to know, <laughs> what they want to know is how are you going to use it? Because how does it work with your cash flow? Is it too much debt? Are you actually buying equipment or is it just like funding salaries, which is not as um, secure, let's say as borrowing the money for equipment or something like that. So 
you know, it's usually figuring out what that debt, debt balance ratio is. And it definitely depends on the industry that you're in. So, you know, in your experience and what you've seen entrepreneurs, like, how can we use cash flow as kind of growing our sales? I mentioned how I did it, but are there other ways that you've seen it in different industries? So I would say the biggest benefit really, uh, Hannah, of having cash flow projections, you know, it really is, you need to know and forecast what's going to happen, what's happening in your business right now, and how does it relate to what's going to happen in the future? So it's a way of validating a business strategy as well, I would say. So for example, if you're running a sales campaign, or if you're looking at, you know, entering a new market, if you're looking at discounting your products, like it's important for you to understand whether this strategy that you're putting into place makes sense from a cash flow standpoint, right? So it's important, um, you know, when you're thinking about big business decisions, because you can see the impact of the decision that you're making on your cash flow before you commit to something. Um, so I would say that it's really important to do that. Again, I, I mentioned earlier around negotiating terms with buyers and suppliers. So I think, you know, you know, kind of what your lines in the sand are, if you know the impact on your cash flow, like if, if you need to pay your suppliers much faster than your customers are going to pay you, that might not be a great, um, you know, arrangement uh, for, for your business's cash flow. Um, again, sensitivity analysis, you know, you can forecast if you lose a big customer, will you still generate cash? So how important is that customer to your business? Uh, it is important in evaluating what might happen. So in the event that things don't go according to plan. So I would say essentially the benefit really of cash flow forecasting is, is about spotting potential bumps in the road, right? And, and making sure that you're prepared in case the unexpected happens. So it's just a a more prudent way so that you don't end up making what ends up being very expensive mistakes. If you haven't taken into account the cash flows impact of something, you might get lulled into something, you know, it's an impulse decision um, of, of source. If you haven't really sat down and analyzed how it's gonna impact your cash flow, not just today, but, you know, many, many years down the line. So it really is about preparation. And it is, again, and as I mentioned earlier, it also demonstrates to lenders that you are prepared, you're prudent, you're judicious in how you manage your business. So it, it would also give lenders more confidence in your business. Yeah, I agree. I will, I'm actually going to post in chat um, the tool I used on RBC's website. It's a cash flow tool. As we were looking, uh, going into the market again for common good, I wanted to run some numbers, but there's, and so I use this tool. I used it under other entrepreneurs. You should jump in. The cash flow projections are actually really important. I will say even going granular, I'll share how we used it at Common Good even a couple of years back. We used it to get really specific on what product was actually performing well and where did we have the highest margin? And so we went into very specifically like a certain type of linen or a certain type of service and how many are we selling? What's the cost? And we put a certain a percentage of our operating costs in that cost too. It has to share, right? You need to ensure that you have your salaries and your rents and all of those pieces in your cash flow. And it's a part of what it costs for you to make a certain product. And so we did all of that. And we actually ended up, we bought a hotel line of business. And we were like, we're going to expand and go into hotels before COVID, obviously. And we bought that business thinking this is amazing. And, and uh, in the end, when after six months of running it, we were like, why are we losing money, but we're bringing 
four times more revenue in than we were before, but we're losing money. And we knew that. And so we used the cash flow to get really specific. And what we determined was we were losing money in the hotel side of business quite significantly. And then on the other side, our linens um, that were in restaurants were making a bunch of money. And we were like, we are closing this down right now. And we are doubling down on doing these smarter ones. And like, yes, we bought that business. And yes, but we were losing it. So I use cash flow to get really specific at, are you actually making money off of that product or service that you're selling? That's what you need, um, is that product and service. And sometimes like all of us will be like, oh, that product isn't moving, let's do a sale. And like, yes, you might've moved it and you might've brought in some revenue, but you could have lost 20, 30% on your product and you're still gonna be in the hole. So I think cash flow projections are really, really important to also get really granular on your products and service. Um, and so that's a great one piece. And we have another template. Ah, oh, yay. I love all the tools. Thanks for sharing, Lorraine. That's great. Um, tools are really important for entrepreneurs and, and or send it to your accountant, doesn't matter, um, but look at it for, for your own business. So this is definitely your time. We have a few more minutes for some more questions. Are there any other like top tips that you would give uh, to entrepreneurs on managing their cash flow? Yeah, I would say, you know, the other thing I would say, I, I talked about reviewing your cash flow regularly, um, taking the time to understand it. You brought up a great point, Hannah, around uh, understanding the different uh, line items and what's driving uh, revenue, what's not, what's growing your business, what's not in terms of the different product lines you have. Um, if you find that uh, your cash flow is strained, actually going line by line will help you understand if there's a particular line item, right, that needs to be adjusted. Um, I would also say reviewing your cash flow forecast on an annual basis. So it's not a one and done exercise. So making sure that you are revisiting it as business conditions change and, you know, things never quite exactly turn out according to plan. So revisiting on a regular um, basis. You know, we talked about borrowing strategically, negotiating. Um, so I would say those would be the, the key ones. And then uh, the contingency fund, absolutely. I think, uh, you know, again, don't feel like you need to throw in a bunch of money into it, right? It's something that you can really only, you know, even if you invest a little bit every month, it, it compounds over time. So um, don't think about it as a big make work project. Oh, I need to have like tens of thousands of dollars to throw in there. Um, it's just having, getting into that habit of uh, parking aside some money into a contingency fund because it does grow over time. Yeah, I love that little amounts because when we hear contingency fund, we're like, we have no money now, but just putting in little yeah. amounts. I actually had an entrepreneur friend, I now think of this advice <laughs> deeply, um, that said that she always had the zero in her bank account was actually the number that it would cost her to shut her company down properly mm -hmm. so that the employees would be paid out properly that everything and she built that up over a couple of years but that was actually for her the zero in her account was enough money that if it if it had to shut down that she could do it in the best way possible and so i thought that was very interesting to, it, it depends on your model you know we have a lot of debt in our in our laundry piece not everyone can do it that way but for her that was really really important so i love i love those tips and those pieces um oh my gosh Perry, if we are doing well in sales, double every month, love it, but not breaking even yet, should we wait to launch a new product or go ahead and expand our product line? Oh, this is a good one. I, I'm, I, 
would say 110% wait until you've made that one product line profitable. And, uh, you know, I've got lots of examples throughout my career where I've seen business owners um, end up in hot water because of that. Uh, it's absolutely great when you see that sales number going up, right, and, and expanding rapidly. But um, we always, always advise, I would say in almost all cases, it's advisable to make sure that you're able to make that particular product profitable before you go and do something else, right? It's um, Because then once you make that particular, your first product, it's growing rapidly. If you get it to a certain level of break-even and profitability, then it gets to that point, that optimal point where things are running. Then you can put your attention towards something else, right? Um, if you start focusing on multiple new products and initiatives at the same time, your attention is going to be distributed. Um, yes, your sales is growing, but uh, as you correctly noted, it takes time to get to that point where that sales converts into profitability. So um, even, you know, with the bank, like when we're analyzing credit requests and uh, if we have a client that's going too fast, okay, I opened my first location six months ago, it's growing fast and now I'm opening my second one, even though I'm making losses over here, the bank is going to be very hesitant to lend you money because uh, you haven't yet proven that you can make this one product profitable. So how can you make the second one profitable if you haven't gotten the first one to that point yet, right? So, um, and then, yeah, I mean, even if somebody lends you the money, uh, there's always a chance that that first product is still sucking up cash and the second one might not go according to plan. So what's going to happen then? You might find yourself overstretched with too much debt and not enough cash flow to pay it back. So I would say the only exception really that I've seen um, are like fast growing technology companies, right? So if you have a, a product that's really differentiated, if it's a tech company, because in a lot of cases, tech companies that ha they have alternative sources of funding. So most of them are raising money through VCs like venture capitalists, angel financiers and others. So that's a totally different industry. But um, outside the tech, I would say almost all cases, it's advisable to focus on making that one business profitable before you go and add something else on your list. Yeah. And I will also say tech also needs to do that. The fact that we give them the out every time in fundraising and everything else is, is a really interesting point. Um, Pat Lohr, he's the co-founder of iStock Photo. He uh, sat on one of my boards in a previous life. And he said to me, he's like, I don't care if you have a hundred thousand free downloads because you still have not made money. Because if you can't yeah. sell this product at $20 a download, but you can sell it at free. It doesn't, it doesn't mean anything. Like you still need to have that revenue and have that. Um, what will people actually pay? So if you sell your product at 20 bucks, but it costs you $40 to sell it, but you sold a million, it's still, it doesn't work. It doesn't matter because that product costs $40. Can it be sold at a profitable margin is what matters. And so we know that when you do free things, the conversion rate is very low. It's like one to 5% if you're lucky to convert free people because they like free, <laughs> right? They're not your paying customers. It's a very different piece. And so I love that very, that question because I think there's a lot of myths around, hey, I have high revenue and profits. So it's impossible that I have cash flow problems, right? It's like what we just pointed out in that example. It's like you can have yeah. high right revenue, but if you're not breaking even, you're still gonna have cash flow problems. Yeah, absolutely. Just wanted to say it's, uh, it was great um, being here today. Thank you for having me. I think there were some great questions from everyone on the line. Uh, you know, definitely walked away thinking this is a great supportive group. And, um, you know, I would say on the, the cash flow piece, I'll come back to some of the points I made. You know, first of all, the, the first step is not being uh, scared of it. 
and uh, you know really trying to understand your company's cash flow which at the end of the day is just money flowing in versus money flowing out in the simplest terms uh, and you know preparation and planning is really important again don't feel overwhelmed by the process lean uh, you know lean into the advisors that you have uh, reach out to your banker you know reach out to um, sort of um, you know uh, people that you know out in the community and uh, activators within CEO uh, i think it's very important for us to to lean into the resources we do have and ask for support when we need it so uh, again it's uh, it is the lifeblood of the business it's very important if you're going to make your business thrive it's important for you to understand cash flow and to plan for it right because uh, you know we all know that um, unexpected things can happen in the world but the more the better prepared you are for those situations the, the better your chances of thriving and i also find you know if you don't know it there's somebody you know who does know it who can help you which is i know the the ultimate point of um, you know associations like ceo so thank you again i i think this was very inspirational for me and uh, if anybody has any questions after the call please do feel free to reach out amazing thank you so much for your time and thank you to rbc and the whole team neela you were key in our organizing janaki and nat and tanya and renee on our team thank you rbc um for coming alongside with us and uh showing us the cash flow actually helps entrepreneurs and it's nutrients of what we need to grow our business Thank you for listening to the special edition of CEO Learning Circles in podcast format. This is in partnership with RBC. Please visit rbc.com slash business for more information and like, comment, subscribe, and share this podcast with your friends. We invite you to join a global community of radically generous women at CEO.world.